0: Welcome to the Belgium Business. I'm Kate, and today we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Karen De Simone, who is a success coach, a practitioner, a practice owner, and I've got a sneaky feeling you're a bit of a cyclist as well, Karen. Is that right? Or have seen a photo of you one time on your bike?
1: Yes, 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 that's all true. I started off cycling and then I ended up becoming a triathlete through... Uh, through cycling. Cycling led me there. Yeah. So, yep, a little bit of cycling, a little bit of running, not so much swimming, only when I
0: need to. <laughs> oh, shall I tell you a funny story, Karen? This morning, sure. I went proper swimming training with a swimming club for the first time in a long, long time. Phew, I managed to keep up. I was very relieved. But I used to swim with triathlon clubs. The last, you know, as a grown up, as an adult, not as a child, the last two swimming clubs I've swam with have all been triathlon clubs. So, if you are a swimmer, and you swim with triathletes, you actually feel very proficient. You feel like you could be an Olympian. But that's not a true reflection of my swimming when I'm put in a pool with swimmers. And this morning I was in a pool with swimmers. But <laughs> I survived. I survived. My son was very concerned about whether I was going to be able to keep up with the slow lane. And I can say to him, yes.
1: <laughs> Good. Good for you. swimming stuff. <laughs> so learning to swim as an older person, I think, you know, is is a challenge, and uh, and I'm I'm happy to say that I do okay. <laughs> I'm not the most proficient swimmer, but I get the job done. Oh, uh, so
0: Carol, I admire
1: gonna... I admire great swimmers. I really do. We're
0: going to be talking today about growing and scaling, um, and we were talking going to talk specifically in relationship to your practice. But I'm very aware of just having touched upon this you described how cycling then took you to triathlon which was a journey of personal growth and my return back into a proper swimming club this morning was a example of personal growth as well because I think it's very easy for the practitioner and we're specifically talking probably about physiotherapists here many of them have got an athletic background to be highly competitive and be obsessed with growth of their practice rather than growth of necessarily of themselves as their quality of life. Wow. That was, I love that.
1: That's so true. Um, and you're thinking about growing yourself and growing your business and, and the differences, but always be growing yourself. Right. And I think that we sometimes forget that because we're focused on the numbers and if we're always focused on the numbers, we might let lose sight of why we are doing what we're doing in the first place, right? So I always come back to doing what you love and love what you're doing. And sometimes growing isn't always the answer. And I don't I don't mean it's not important to grow. It depends depends on what your goal is, right? But always be growing yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so often I see this contradiction in um as practitioner as a physiotherapist you're trying to gift your clients their quality of life their ability to pick up the grandkids do the gardening again go on holiday go for a hike feel useful. but there's many many practitioners and practice owners and I've certainly been guilty of this I don't know if you have where you're not living with that congruence and you're almost like the obese cardiologist in that what you're selling and what you're living are misaligned Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. You, and I see this a lot
1: and, um, not to be, um, picking on any profession, but you see this a lot in the hospitals with the doctors and the nurses, um, you know, that they're, they aren't the most healthy versions of, of what we, what we want to be. Right. Because they're not living the, the model of what they're, what they're actually trying to help other people do. So I always believed that you should be a a product of the product. And for me, that was always part of my lifestyle. I was always, um, I loved exercise always since I was little. I remember my sister and I were so opposite because she didn't like it. So she had a hard time finding activities that she enjoyed um, doing. I, I was the opposite. I always loved all kinds of activities. So I was blessed that way that I already loved it. So to keep it, to keep it in my life was a challenge through graduate school and through all of that. So I think you always have to decide what's important to you. And and for me at a very young age, it was always important and it just kept it that way. But you have to make that decision and then stick to it and then find ways to stick to it. I did the way I did it was I was always the teacher. So I always taught either aerobics or cycling. um, And so that kept me consistent because I was teaching. I had to go. Right. So yeah, that was the way I did it when I was in graduate school and time time is limited, right? So you have to make a decision and then stick to it. I think we don't do that a lot of the time. We don't hold ourselves to the standard
0: that we that we need to if, we, we, if we're going to make it an important part of our life. So if we're back to this theme of growing and scaling, the question always becomes, what is it that you're wanting to grow and scale? Um, and there can be very quickly an obsession that you're wanting to grow and scale the size of your practice the number of practitioners the number of sites the number of clients with a complete loss of sight of why you're doing it and what it is that's important truly important to you now i got absolutely obsessed about this in terms of i was going to grow many many clinics you know i i was highly competitive and i grew to four clinics I was far more profitable when I shrank back to one site. So I had the four clinics, one of them, the center was forced to close. I don't tell people this story very much, but one of them, the center was forced to close, the whole building closed. Now I had another practice in the town so I could amalgamate, you know, the two together. But this drove me to really drill down in detail into my numbers. And as I did this, I started to recognize all my profit was coming from one of the sites. So I brought everything back to one site. What I grew was the amount of free time I had. I grew the profitability I had. I shrank the size of the team. I shrank the number of contracts we offered. Everything that you would think in terms of growing and scaling reduced for me to grow what was more important to me in terms of time and my take-home pay to be able to enjoy as well. Um, and it also meant by no longer serving the low value contracts, we reduced the amount of administration because we were pretty well just dealing with cash pay. Um, so I think this can be very, very misleading because there's a lot of people in yours and mine space that are saying grow and scale your practice, grow and scale your practice. And I suspect on my website it even says grow. But it's like, hang on a minute, what is it you're truly wanting to grow and why? Which is often forgotten about, I think. I
1: think you said that perfectly. And that is such a great story that you shared. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think, you know, it goes back to stop following the masses. And that's why I chose that to talk about today as well. Because if you're listening to the masses, it almost has this connotation of um, not being a proficient business owner or a leader, if you're not making the numbers bigger. How many companies do you have? How many employees do you have? What is your gross revenue? You know, um, it's not all about how much or how many, it's about really at the end of the day, are you living the life that truly fulfills you? And, And you have to really hone in on what your core values are and what's important to you and then decide how you're going to make that look for your business. And what that means for you. So, again, if it comes back for me for contribution, it's it's that's what makes me happy is the kinds of contribution and the impact I'm making. Then that that was where I chose to remain. Mm-hmm. And for me to b- build a larger company wasn't in la- aligned with my core value. I'm- and it <laughs> doesn't. It's not going to change, right? You can change over time. You you know, not your values, but your goals, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, how you want to live out your values, how you want them to be presented. And I think one of the things that, I mean, obviously in the UK, we're very aware of how little annual leave you guys have in the States. And we cringe at not knowing how you manage on, what is it, two weeks holiday a year. But if you've chosen to be, if you're employed, if you have chosen to be self-employed, You don't have to work 90 hours. You don't have to work 120 hours. Grant Cardone banging the drum of work every hour till you put yourself in the grave. Well, some people will do that. But really, you're risking never seeing your kids grow up. You're risking your husband, your wife walking out the door. You're risking your own health. You're risking an awful lot of things. So it's taking a pause to not blindly follow the guru, but think about what matters to you and how you're going to make your reality come come true because you have the choice to finish work at three o'clock and go and do the school run. You have the choice to take a month off a year if you want. You might not want. If you've chosen to be self-employed, those possibilities are within your reality.
1: Yeah, and it's all about your perspective, right? So, you know, how are you viewing the world? And you have to, you know, think about, what lens are you using to to devalue that and and how you're coming up with that philosophy for yourself and you know a lot of the times it's on your belief system like you pointed out with the differences between the us right we we don't maybe you could say we don't value vacation as much or we think working harder is the better way or you can only have that independence by working harder you know again that's a philosophy right that's a perspective you need to shift your perspective and have a different one of maybe I can not work as hard and have the same amount of profitability. Maybe I don't have to be as large and, like you said, scaled down in order to have your profit margins. So, what are you focusing on, and what is important to you? I think that all comes back to comes comes back to that, right?
0: Really uh, does. And you touched upon this a moment ago in terms of. This sort of question of how many clinics have got, how many staff have you got, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, like it's an ego competition rather than. Hang on a minute. How many times did you go to sports day? How many times did you pick up your kids? How many times have you been out for a bike ride this month? It's sort of we've we've lost um, a check in on what it is that you're wanting to grow and scale. Now that doesn't say, that doesn't mean that you might not want to grow to lots and lots of sites, but you're doing that consciously rather than just sort of jumping off the cliff with all the other. I won't say lemmings, but that's a very unkind word to use, but sort of just blindly following everybody else. You've actually stopped and paused to think about what matters to you.
1: Yeah. And because I think as you're growing, you might also be losing sight of what you love doing. Right. Because if you're changing for the sake of growing, are you also doing things that aren't serving you your person the best that you can. So you're becoming unfulfilled, filling a role that you didn't really want to do, but was necessary for you to grow. So again, like when you're growing yourself, grow into the role that you're growing into. Don't grow out of a role that you want to be in for the sake of growing. So I think it's just determining, okay, define that, define how you're growing, where you're growing, why you're growing along with growing.
0: Which requires quite a bit of introspection to really stop and pause and think about how you're growing into your identity, not losing your identity as you grow another beast over here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because we always think of, you know, the (laughs) supersizing it um, is better. And, And like you, like you found out from your personal experience that supersizing wasn't the better option for you. Mm-hmm. And that actually go- going back to honing in on those things was actually the better option for you. And, mm-hmm. and as I said for myself, it's, it was a personal choice to do what I did, right? It isn't if it isn't for everybody, but it's what I chose that was best for me. And, um, and, and, I, and I think that we really need to be aware of what we're getting ourselves into as we, as we change and shift and do it for the reasons
0: that serve you best. And that's personal. And I think that's exactly where we can wrap up today in terms of what does growing and scaling means. It means what it means to you as an individual, not what it means to all your other colleagues, competitors, gurus that you follow. It's about taking stock and having that moment of introspection to determine what growth and scaling mean to you and what it is you want to grow and scale personally. Thank you very much for joining me today, Karen. Oh, and-
1: thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure, Kate.
0: I look forward to seeing you next month.